I would want to speak to you from the title, Completion Before Graduation. Completion Before Graduation. Amen? And um, let's talk today. Amen? But let's look to the Lord in prayer. Father, I thank you for your word. I thank you because your word is blessed. And I just pray that you would encourage the hearts of your people as they are in this room today, that we would be forever transformed and changed because of who you are and what you're doing in our lives. I thank you, Lord, your word have we hid in our heart that we might not sin against you. Allow us to leave this place transformed in the name of Jesus. Amen. You know, the church, hallelujah, is a place that we should reach all people of all ages. That's my first point to you today. The church should try to reach all people, all ages. Oftentimes in church, we think the church is just for adults. And we kind of just don't look at our children and our younger ones as part of the body yet. We often look at young people as they're the ones that's going to lead the next generation. And there's some truth to that, right? Um, or we look at them as they're the future. They're the ones who are going to eventually take over the church. But the church of Jesus Christ should not be built to just pursue adults, but to pursue young and old people alike. As a matter of fact, we are built to pursue God first. And what we should be doing is ministering to every age group. Because practically your body doesn't become a body when you're old. When does your body become a body? From the time you come into existence, you have a body. And you don't just take care of your body when you get older. When do you take care of your body? All your life. And so when we have little children, what we don't understand is, is that the enemy is brilliant at this. He changes society by infiltrating from the root. If you want to kill something, kill it at the root. Amen, somebody. If you want to kill uh, 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 weeds growing in amongst your lawn, Every year I got that problem, amen. I always got weed in the lawn, amen. They got two little rabbits. I don't know where they came from, but they run around my lawn. And, and, and you know, I, I almost run over them every time I come home. They just chilling in my, I don't, it's a different problem, y'all. I got two rabbits, y'all. I ain't buy them, I ain't invite them, but Bugs and Lola live at my house. And so Sister Sherry said, I read somewhere they're good for your lawn. I said, what you mean? She said, they, they supposedly eat out all the bad uh, stuff. And I don't know how true that is. Don't run up to me after. I got rabbit problems. But the, the point I'm trying to make is every year I talk to the lawn guy. He said, you got to kill these things from the roots. You got to put something in there that's going to kill it from the root. The enemy knows that. The very first thing that you must believe about God is that He is. That's what the Bible says. What does that mean? What is the first thing the Bible tells us about God? Is that He is a creator. That, he, that you and I were created by God. What is the number one thing the enemy has done in our schools? He's managed to take that out and replace it, not with facts, but a theory of how we came to be. And the theory really has no purpose attached to it. If you're a cosmic accident, if you just exist 
then there's no morality really that you can define that really exists because what makes a thing right or wrong? What makes something right or wrong? Is it because society has decided? Is it because you have decided? Because what if I don't agree with you? What's the final standard that says there is a right or a wrong? That final standard is God. God is truth. And what the enemy has done is remove truth. That's why the Bible says the fear of the Lord is the beginning of all wisdom and understanding and knowledge you will ever have. If you don't start with an acceptance of who God is in your life, if you don't have a knowledge of who he is, it doesn't matter what you learn in this world. You would have learned nothing. And what the enemy has done is he starts from the early age. That's why you see all of these culture fights over the children, of, over what to teach them and what not to teach them. Now, I'm not here to get into that, but I'll tell you one thing. If you only go tell them, let's teach this, for sure, they'll tell you no. Bring the Bible to school. I dare a teacher to teach that and see how fast there'll be a problem, right? Teachers have got to sneak around classrooms. Every time I talk to teachers across this country, they say, Pastor, you know I can't really do much in school, but I'll be sneaking a prayer in. You know, it's funny. Some of say, I pass by their desk, and I just say, Jesus, <laughs> Father. Sometimes they don't even know I'm praying for them. I, I, I put, when they're doing math and the math problem is hard, I just put my hands on their shoulders, and I'm praying over them. Father, help them, help them. And it's, it, 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 you, you have to automatically become an undercover agent for what you believe. Because if you said it, it's an outright something that they say remove. That is not just society's decision. That is an attack from the enemy to cause children to not know that they are created by a God who made them in their image from the time they are born. And where the world is failing, we as a church got to pick that up. That's why it's so important to this church to not just reach the adults. You know how many pastors when I, would, when I you know, when I, uh, uh, in my early days would tell me, you got to focus on the adults. Why? Because they're the ones that tithe. I said, that's, that's kind of true. But if you're not careful, we can just start focusing on people just because they give. And you'll miss the possibility that you might have your biggest giver coming up. in the. And it's not about the giving. It's about the, 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 the thing that if we just focus on adults, if we just focus on one age group and, 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 and we, we, we are missing the opportunity to reach children that can become that that not even become that at this point can go into their kindergarten if there is stuff material being read that is anti-god why ain't there an evangelist in the kindergarten classes yet now they might not understand everything about jesus but at least they can be a voice to say to challenge some of the thoughts. Well, I don't, I, you know, to, to, to bring light, to say, my mommy prays with me. Can I pray in the class? Can I, can I, and, and, and children, children, we've got to teach them from a young age because the body doesn't become a body when it's old. And so we want to teach children. We want to teach youth. We want to teach adults. We want to teach everybody at every age. This is what the Bible says. The Bible says this. 
And, and, and it's funny that my brother quoted this. Mark 16, 15. He said to them, go into all the world and preach the gospel to all creation or all creatures. He never said just the one age group. He said to every creature. Amen. Look at what it says to young people in Ecclesiastes 12, 1. It says, remember your creator in the days of your youth before the days of trouble come and the years approach when you will say, I find no pleasure in them. So you're not, you're not waiting to become a Christian. If the Lord can touch your heart and you can understand it, that's the moment to start serving Jesus. Any young college student in here, let me tell you something. Don't go, you know, it, it's so funny. People always, this world makes it seem like you've got to go to the club. You got to shake something. You got to live this whole wild life. And when you've given, listen, Young people, this is when you have strength. This morning I was ironing something, and, and when I, when I, when I, 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 I hallelujah, y'all pray for me, right? I, I had to, I had to uh, uh, get on the ground for a little bit to do something, amen. And then when I got back up, here's the point of the story my leg said, brother. Hallelujah. I just started feeling all types of pain down there. I said, man, I'm that old already. And, and I, you know, I, I feel like I feel like as much as I've been exercising and all that, sometimes I'm doing my workout and the knees say, slow down, bro. Slow. I start working out like this now. Amen. Because what's happening, the strength as you age goes is father time. It's, you see it in LeBron. From the minute he came in the league, he wasn't good. Bad example. But, but you see it in athletes. Hallelujah. <laughs> Over time, they cannot no longer do the same things they've done because time takes energy. Here, what, here's what I want to say to you young people. Why wait until your energy is drained to then come and give God those years? Give God your young years now. Give God the energy now. If we can have young people getting on these, these apps and doing all this crazy stuff, where are the young people that's going to get on these apps and say, I want to tell y'all what Jesus did in my life. I want to tell y'all, oh, I'm just scared what they're going to think. The other people don't care about what people think about them. And so we need young people. We need people with energy to stand up for the gospel. The Bible says when you're young, remember your creator. When you go off to college, there's always a college professor waiting to teach Jesus out of you. Oh, y'all ain't believing me. That curriculum is designed to teach Jesus. That's the problem with education now. They just don't teach math and English and science and tell you what we know and what we don't know. They go a step further and they are trying to indoctrinate. Amen. I spoke to a mother. I spoke at uh, 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 my son's graduation. A mother came up after and she said, I just want to thank you for your message. And she began to uh, talk to me. And within 30 seconds, she began to, uh, her eyes filled with boohoo tears. She said, is there a way I could reach out to you privately to talk about my daughter? I said, what's going on with your daughter? She said, all her life, I raised her in the fear of God. She was a church-fearing uh, individual. And I led her off to college for one semester, for one year. And after that, she wanted nothing to do with God anymore. What it is, it's funny, right? Look at how the system is designed. Like, you, you know, we've got these 17, 18-year-olds 8, who don't even really get up on time to go to school yet. 
Amen. And, and still, still struggling with a lot of stuff. And, and, and then they tell you at that age, just let them go and give them away to somebody else. Let me tell you, if your kid go away to college, that's not a problem. But make sure you're in their life. Don't just wait till Thanksgiving. Call them every day. What that professor said to you. Oh, yeah. And you make sure you stay on top because I'm telling you the enemy is slick and they will try to teach the Jesus out of your children. If you, and, and then you'll have all types of problems coming back in your house wondering, I didn't raise you like this. Where are you getting these concepts from? Why, why do you not? And they start telling you stuff. We live in a world today where you say truth and you're weird. Listen, I don't want to get into the political stuff that's out there, but all of a sudden we know what women are. What happened to childbearing people? Where do these doctrines come from? And then we must sit back and in church, folks, if you talk about it or you discuss it, oh, you don't know what you're talking about. I don't know what I'm talking about, but I know what the Word of God says. The Word of God says there is such a thing as truth. Pilate asked Jesus, what is truth? He didn't know that Jesus already answered that. He said, I am the way. I am truth. I am life. Nobody will get to the Father. But through, you won't get through it through ideologies. You won't get through to him through activism. You won't get through him to, you only going to get to God's heart through Jesus. So no matter what you give people, if you ain't giving them Jesus, you ain't restoring relationship. Oh, y'all hearing me today? And, I, you know, I don't mean to go down those roads, but what I'm saying is there's a problem in schooling today that we can't fail as parents anymore. We can't fail. We've got to make sure, and young people, I, you guys got to rise up now and start knowing what you believe. And, and, and it's funny to me because when these college students come back and they run up and they, they, they want to show you what their little professor taught them, and they think the pastor was just a slouch who just want to tell people they get in cars and houses. And then you start breaking stuff down to them. And it, basically what you did was just accept another preacher's doctrine when you went to college. You never studied ever to show yourself approved. You didn't study here and you didn't study there. You, just whichever preacher convinced you the most is where you went along with. Because once you study, there's no way you can conclude that you didn't come from a creator. I'll take their own college, I'll take their own curriculum and show you that. You go to math class, they'll tell you zero from zero equals. Is there ever a math quiz that you will ever get something from zero unless you add something to it? Nothing from nothing always will equal nothing. But then you walk one class over to science and then they tell you that you came from nothing. Math teacher and science teacher, I need y'all to talk. Make this make sense. He say nothing can't come from nothing and you said I come from nothing. You didn't come from nothing. The Bible says that God reached out and he, he spoke the world into being and you became a living soul. You came from God. You have a divine purpose. You were put here for a reason. Hallelujah. And if we're going to change the world, we got to start ministering to people of all ages. Listen to what the Bible says in Matthew 19, 14. Jesus said, let the little children come to me and do not hinder them for the kingdom of heaven belongs to such as these. Hallelujah. Some of the young people in here 
And some people feel like their world is much tougher to deal with than ours. You don't know what we go through. Hand them your mortgage next time they say that. Just push your mortgage in their face. No. That was a bad joke. Let me tell you all something. Ecclesiastes 1.9 says, What has been will be again. What has been done will be done again. There is nothing new under the sun. Is there anything of which one can say, Look, this is something new. It was here already long ago. And it was here before your, our time. Bullying is not new. Depression is not new. Suicide is not new. Promiscuity is not new. Low self-esteem is not new. Murder is not new. Murder happened in Genesis. From the minute the woman had two kids, one killed the other. It's not brand new. Abuse is not new. Racism is not new. Broken homes are not new. It's been here from the time men fell. Society, listen to this point, advances in technology but stays the same problematically. All that's changed is that we found new ways to sin and destroy each other. All it is is that we found new ways to promote ourselves. You got a phone, but still adultery exists. In other words, it, all the technology that we have has not changed the hearts of men. Apple don't have a thing that will make you live right. It's got a lot of things that make you live extra wrong. Your Instagram accounts and your social media has caused more destruction to people TikTok and all this stuff now. Y'all hear what I'm saying? What I'm trying to tell you young people is that nothing is new. God has dealt with whatever problems you are facing right now. None of this stuff is new to God. But don't ever let anybody tell you that serving the Lord and having an education is something that is overrated. Listen to me, y'all. Wisdom is better than silver and gold. Proverbs 16, 16 says that having wisdom and understanding is better than having silver and gold. And what's funny is that we often are told to pursue wisdom and understanding for silver and gold. But the Bible is telling you that true understanding is worth more than silver and gold. Amen. Hosea 4, 6 says this, my people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. But here's the part we don't ever read. Listen to the rest of it. Because you have, you have done what? And you've rejected the priest and he goes on and he talks there. Amen. You, 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 you are people that should embrace learning, embrace not just a secular education, but embrace studying God's word. Young people, you know what will keep you when you study? I'll never forget this story. Young man walked into his philosophy class with his Bible in his hands. The professor stopped him at the door and said, I hope you plan to leave that at the door. 
And he turned to the professor and said, I hope you plan to leave your atheism at the door. Because if you're ready to go to war to say there ain't no God, I'm ready to come right back to you with an answer for everything you got to say. I love that. I love that. I love young people who know this word. It's so amazing to know that there are people sitting in the church for 20 years and still coming up to you to say, Pastor, how do you study the word? 20 years, bro. You 20, 20. How about read it? That's a great place to start. Come on, somebody. It ain't there just to ward off demons. Psalms 23 being open ain't never going to ward a demon off in your house. The devil walk right by. Yeah, I know it. He know it so much he tried to quote it to Jesus to confuse Jesus. He was trying to use the word against the word. Somebody need to take that to the bank. Do you know how many people think they know Bible but don't? And it's not hard to study it. It's not hard to learn it. It's not hard to know. This Bible, this, don't let nobody fool you. This Bible don't have many interpretations. When you write a letter, how many interpretations you write in the letter? It's only whatever you wrote and you meant is what the meaning is. And whatever the authors wrote, you can find out by simply going back to the context and the time it was written. And you'll know exactly what they mean. Church people get deceived. Church people get deceived a lot from a lot of preachers because they don't ever read the context. Oh, y'all ain't saying nothing. Hallelujah. But you can study God's word. Amen. And you can grow. You can grow in God's word. Don't ever reject knowledge. Don't ever have a Bible and come to church all your life and never studied it. Don't grow up in church and never take time to study what your parents. You owe it up to your parents at least who have Make sure you grow up in church to say, let me study what my parents were really trying to get to me. Hallelujah. Here's another thing. Remember those who have invested in you. Someone said that if you take a plain bar of iron worth about, uh, what is it, $5, and you made it into the shape of a horseshoe, that same bar of iron is worth $11. You shape it again into screwdrivers and sell it in a, a store, becomes $15. You make that same thing into little springs that you put in watches, it becomes worth thousands of dollars. That's true for all of us. As we develop and, and shape our skills, we become of more worth to society. That's why some people, when they walk into your house and you ask them to do uh, certain jobs, they charge more than others. Because their skills are better. Amen, somebody. Amen. You ain't coming to me to fix your car. I mean, I'll do it cheaper than any mechanic you got out there. I'll do for, I'll do for $50. What you need, your brakes change? I'll change all four of them. Who, who want to who wanna sign up? That's a great price. Value doesn't, it doesn't just, you, you just don't make money if you don't have the skill. So as you increase your skill, you increase your worth. The same grain of sand on the beach. Imagine me and you went to the beach and I said to you, hey man, I got something I want to sell you, bro. It's going to revolutionize your life. And you like, what? And we standing on the beach. And I'm like, bro, give me $15 for this sand. How many of you going to buy it? But they take that same sand, bag it up, and put it in Home Depot. You give me $15 for the same sand. 
They take that same sand, glue it to paper, and you buy it. $12, a, a roll. You take that same sand and put it in computer chips. You're paying Apple $1,200 to $2,000 for that computer. The sand hasn't changed. It just increased its value where it went in the position it's in. Many people just, oh, God bless me, God, but do something to improve your value. That's what school was supposed to be about. Not all this other indoctrination stuff. Teach me something. Somebody made me laugh the other day. They said, man, could you teach me something where I'm going to make some money and increase the value of my life rather than start, stop telling me about all this other stuff y'all telling me. I want to come out and be able to pay for gas or solve the gas problem. All this other indoctrination y'all giving me ain't going to help in none of that. That's what it's supposed to be about. As, as you learn, you're supposed to increase in value. When I, when I, when I, when I, when I started doing ministry and there was things that uh, uh, when ends weren't, couldn't meet because opportunities weren't there to make any type of funds, I didn't just sit around. I started uh, growing my skills in other areas. I learned how to do things that would become a benefit to so many other people. And once those things happen, when my main source of income wasn't working out, I had other sources of income. You got to increase what you do and your value will become greater in society. But I want you to know that bars of iron don't shape themselves. They don't turn into horseshoes by themselves. There's always somebody doing it. And you have a master craftsman who is shaping your life. And he just doesn't do it supernaturally out of heaven. He does it through provisional care. What do you mean? He sends people like your parents. Always, like Faith said today, honor your father and your mother. He does it, through, amen, and that's at every age. Amen? Amen, somebody? Honor your teachers. Come on, somebody. Show them respect. I don't know if they still do this. I came from an era, man. Listen, when I, when I first moved to the United States, this was culture shock. You see kids cussing up in the classroom. Like, where I come from, they slap you in your mouth. Hard. You be bleeding. Like, I'm like, oh, I'm bleeding, man. You couldn't cuss freely like that. Come up here, kids cussing, kids going to school. Where your books at? Right here, dog. Like, no, where your books? Right here. You cutting school and doing all types of stuff and sitting in the classroom mad at a teacher that wants to help you. That attitude to, to those that you need in your life will never help you grow. Attitude to church leaders, attitude to your job, attitude to your boss. And that same attitude leaves the classroom when you get a job. You work in a footlock and you walk in late. But because when you walked in late in school, you have an attitude and the teacher just didn't want to deal with you, you try the same thing in footlocker. You walk in. What? Fortunately, you get that one boss to be like, uh, this your last day. Don't come back. You will never increase in life if you don't honor those that God has put in front of you. I've learned that lesson 
And when God bring mentors and people in my life who I know he's brought to shape me, I allow him to do the shaping in my life. Chisel off everything that is bad from me, God. If I got a bad attitude, change it. Because I don't want to be at this level forever. I don't want to. How many, you know, people talk to you about if you, if your character, if you, lateness is something that I had to deal with at a young age. Just come out of there, pastor. Hallelujah. Laziness was something I had to deal with. Come out and leave everybody alone. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. The Lord is able. Honor those in your life that God has put in your life. Amen. Amen, somebody. I want you all to do that. I'm almost done, y'all. Remember those who've invested in you. Look at this. 2 Timothy 1.5. I'm reminded of your sincere faith, which first lived in your grandmother Lois and in your mother Eunice and I am persuaded now lives in you. Timothy just didn't become somebody that God used overnight. He saw it in someone else. Amen. And then lastly, here's my last point and we're done today. Completion is always before graduation. You got to complete the thing first before you get uh, uh, to graduation. Come on somebody. Lloyd came to me Friday night. He said, Pastor, I'm graduating Monday. It's Monday, right? It's tomorrow. Amen. Hallelujah. And he said, I said, congratulations, Lloyd. He said, but they're going to give me an empty diploma. I said, well, what you mean you're going to get an empty diploma? You ain't graduating. He said, no, at graduation, they, you know, they hand you the fake one. And he said, I got to go back and get the real one. The thing about a graduation is they play a song called Pomp and Circumstance. Ain't a lot of people graduated in here. Ain't a lot of people heard that song. Some of y'all like, that was a dream, Pastor. I ain't. I was in the club. I heard Funk Master Flex. No, you, you understand what I'm saying? You, 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 so that word pump and circumstance, what, what that simply means is that it, it, it really has a definition. It means the, 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 the things that will be highlighted in a graduation ceremony. So they play what is called pump and circumstance because what, the point is you're at a ceremony here that we are going to celebrate and highlight and do Things that should show you these people have done something. They've earned something. Do you follow that? And that graduation, you can't go to it unless you completed the course. You know how many people, it's funny to me when they reach high school and that clock starts to tick. They're like, yo man, can y'all just give me the diploma? Because I'm like 19 going on 20 and I'm still... Can't say amen, say ouch. Come on, somebody know what a super senior is. You'd be like, yo, you start going up to them and be like, yo, I, all right, I'm scheduled to graduate next semester, but can you, can y'all let me walk this semester? And they don't, they don't give it to you. Completion before graduation. A lot of people like the pomp and circumstance. They want to be celebrated, but they never want to complete anything. want you to know that before you can celebrate you got to complete it now can I make this personal that's in a secular world circumstance 
There's another graduation coming. There's a graduation spoken about that will have a lot of pomp and circumstances. I'm not sure what song they're going to play when we walk to that graduation. The person described that when they lifted up their eyes, they saw so many people at that graduation from all nations, all walks of life. Black men, white men, uh, 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 you name the race, they were there speaking in, in so many different tongues. Every nationality were walking, celebrating with, so I know it is not just one sound. Hallelujah. There's another graduation coming. In order to get it though, you got to complete before you graduate. Going to 10th grade does not mean you qualify for graduation in 12. Going to 11th grade does not mean you qualify for graduation in 12. Going 11 and a half don't mean you graduate. Going 12th grade, 12 and a half grade don't mean you graduate. You got to make it all the way. And listen to what the Word of God says. 2 Timothy 4, 7. The graduation I speak of, Brother Paul was looking forward to. Look at what he says. Remember in school you had distractions? Anybody remember high school? I know it was like 90 years for some of y'all. Remember in high school they always had like a class clown and you, you wanted to be cool like him? So you sat around him? If you don't remember him, it was you. Remember they had certain kids that did certain things that distracted you? Remember those kids that wanted to cut school and you got distracted? You ever failed a class? It's always because something took you off course. It is the truth and the same for Christianity. There are so many distractions right now that want you to give up on God. To walk away from the church. Walk away from the things of God and leave. But the devil is a liar. From all that we've been through over the, I've never seen the pressure that has been put on God's people. And the reason God's people are quitting is because the only reason you would want to ever leave the classroom is because you ain't, you ain't studying the work and you ain't really, you ain't connected. If you're in a classroom and you're killing math, it don't matter who distracting you outside. You're like, bro, I'm about to be the man. They about to give me a scholarship. I ain't got time for you. When people are excelling and connected to something, distractions are hard. But when people are disconnected, distractions become the other thing. Maybe I should find my purpose over here. And like never before the last four years, that's what the enemy has done to the people of God. From political arena to these 
these these talking points these triggered things that is happening and what we're doing is we're disconnecting from church and we're connecting into these these ideologies and philosophies more and more not that the bible doesn't have something to say about it but we are more concerned about the arguments out there and what they say about it than coming and connecting as a body that not only the political arena but 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 life itself and trying to chase money and chase wealth and i got to get this and make this and 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 if you're not careful you can find yourself failing the class and you might miss graduation and Paul said I have fought the good fight this is what I want to say on graduation day I have finished the race I have kept the faith. Now there is in store for me. They give diplomas. Guess what you get at your graduation? A crown of righteousness, which the Lord Jesus, the, the Lord, the righteous judge, will award to me on that day. Not only to me. But my fellow classmates, you know how you got class of 2022 classes? It's going to be one class. One class of believers. One class. He says, not only to me, but to all who have longed for his appearing. There's another graduation coming. And I want to be there. To hear those words when they call my name and I walk up to get my crown of life and the master of ceremonies says well done my good and faithful servant let's bow our heads and close our eyes in this building God I pray that this message would have ministered to somebody in this room that we would be encouraged to run the race not only our earthly race but our heavenly race that we may make it to the end to hear you make a big deal over our lives I give you glory for all that you've done and all that you will continue to do in the lives of your children if there's anybody here watching or in the building that does not know Jesus as Lord and Savior, I want to give you an opportunity to ask Him to come into your life. If you would just repeat this prayer after me. Say, Father God, I ask you to come into my heart and forgive me of every sin. I accept that your son died for my sins. And from this day, I will be changed. Fill me with your Holy Spirit I thank you for dying for my sins so that I can be your child in Jesus name Amen Father I pray that anybody in this room right now that this message have touched their life in any way something I've said along the way has inspired somebody give them strength and courage to follow up on all that you've planted in their hearts that we may be drawn closer to you
and forever changed. In the name of Jesus. Somebody say amen.